Hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Bowler, and we are so glad you're here. Now it's time to thrive. Welcome to this episode of 30 Minute Thrive. We're happy you're here, and I'm excited to talk about training to win today with Mike Connell. He's our learning and development instructor here at MRA. And if you aren't familiar with Mike, he has over 30 years of professional experience and has been an entrepreneur and manager in manufacturing, banking and asset management, real estate, franchise restaurants, and power sports dealerships. And in addition to being a learning and development instructor at MRA, Mike has also coached high school and college football for over 20 years, so he comes with a lot of experience, and today he'll really be highlighting his coaching and training background. So thanks for being on the podcast today, Mike. I'm excited to talk with you. I am as well. Cool. Well, I want to start off by asking how you really incorporate your coaching background to your training. I think the thing that's probably closest between them is I'm a proponent of individualization, so... um, even though you know I might have sixty football players, um, and you know generally as a football coach between high school and college, fifteen to twenty-two year old young men, so a lot of similarities in that regard, but still you know kind of individualizing what they're teaching, what we're doing. Um, same thing in the classroom. You know, I obviously if I've got twenty people and they're managers or leads. Um, they all have different backgrounds, experiences, things like that. So I try to incorporate a lot of things that will potentially provide learning for everyone there. So flexing the different uh, communication styles, um, you know, to just different folks, how they communicate, uh, motivation, you know, why they're there and what they're trying to get out of it. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, what that is and give it to them whenever possible. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be talking about coaching and training today. So can you kind of give a little overview on the difference between coaching and training? Coaching, it's funny because probably in the last 10 years, I see all these books uh, on leadership and management. It's coaching, coaching, coach. I hear our, you know, a term. And I think a lot of ways it becomes the catch-all, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like uh, that's sort of everything. We say, well, that's conflict management or that's well, everything's kind of coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say probably the biggest commonality in the way I view them is, you know, whether it's coaching or training, it's making someone better. Number one is whether it's football or management mm-hmm. training, it's a participation sport. So I always tell mm-hmm. all the classes before we begin, um, I have two rules. So, um, and the first one is this is participation, right? This is not a spectator sport, so mm-hmm. we're going to participate. So, obviously, with football, that's the case too. There's no, there are spectators, but they're just not on the team. Right. Very similar in that regard. Uh, when people are trained, they need to have uh, uh, responsibility for their role in it as well. No different than a player, you know, in executing. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that's similar in those regards. Yeah, for sure. And when we're talking about training, it's really evolved over the years where now we have remote training options and in-person and hybrid options even. So how do you think it's really evolved over the years and has it become more of a necessity now, would you say, or what are your thoughts on that? 
Well, so before I was a trainer, when I was a manager, especially a young manager, somebody thought it was a really good idea to make me a manager and prove with 20s <laughs> what they were thinking. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> to tell you the truth. So, I mean, what it was is it's very similar to a lot of people. Um, I, I had uh, success in a role. So, you know, typical is, okay, well, you're good at doing the job, so why don't you lead some people doing the job? Without necessarily recognizing totally different skill set, mm-hmm. right? Leading people versus, you know, I was good at selling, mm-hmm. I was good at, you know, some of the things I did there. And so um, I think as far as training and evolving and that, um, yeah, I've been a trainer here for five years. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we just went through COVID. So obviously there was some evolution there. We were essentially a 99.9% in-person training operation to going 100% virtual. And we like to joke in our department that we had a five-year plan to get to maybe 25 to 30% virtual. Mm -hmm. And the five-year plan became a five-week plan and it went 100%. So I would say that was obviously a big thing. Mm -hmm. But I I think even prior to that and over the years, I I was always, uh, I would say, like a learning junkie. That's something I learned from my dad. Uh, He was uh, the most unbelievable self-taught person i've ever i mean he was always just learning and open to that and he was he was a self-taught engineer which is not very typical and so and he was an entrepreneur and you know Mm -hmm. uh, his dad wasn't a business owner or anything so he he had to learn a lot of that so i think um probably the biggest difference and i even hear it now some of many of the older participants who will come in our class they'll talk about um they'll they'll refer to the class as like a seminar they'll use just certain words. weird lingo yeah. yeah like well it's a the, the, well like this seminar i'm like okay or you know it's sort of like the webinar thing people will call our zoom training webinar i'm like this is not a webinar yeah, it's a participatory thing so i think a lot of it is people are used to more of, in the past maybe a little bit more of the seminar thing where there was a spectator element mm-hmm. and we just that's not our brand we don't yep. you know adult learning methodology right you involve the learner so Mm -hmm. i i think um i would have loved a lot more of that i i got value over the years in training i i did get several things that i actually teach now that we teach here at mra are things that i learned you know from folks long time ago Mm -hmm. but i think it's a little different how we've gone about it and you just mentioned your older participants and we've actually had a lot of conversation on the podcast about generational differences so how does that really play a role in training like how how do you train for different generations i i like to say with generations if you actually lay out everything that we think is generational mm-hmm. and i used to do this activity in in class when we would, we had a class where we would kind of teach on specifically on generations and people would go around and they would write things they think of with different generations yeah. on flip charts and then I would have them go back around and I would say, I want you to mark next to each one what's actually what you think is a true generational difference versus maturity. And not maturity and immature versus yeah. mature, but just like time on the earth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> maturity, right? Mm-hmm. Experience and all that. And it was crazy because we would have 75% of the chart would be maturity. Hmm. where yeah that's not really right you know you take like baby boomers you know we think of certain things with that when we'd say younger oh well you know rebellious they don't listen to authority and all that well mm-hmm. anybody pay attention to the 1960s 
<laughs> there's a lot, a lot of stuff of rebellion and that going on. So I think um, a lot of the stuff we think is generational yeah. has more to do with just how much experience. So when people come into the classroom with some of those differences, yeah. um, I think a lot of it is um, a lot of it is sort of their expectations and experience. Mm -hmm. And so what I try to do is number one just understand and now it's a little easier for me because i do have a little bit of that shared experience with mm -hmm. you know folks who've been around for a while and so i remember the command and control bosses mm -hmm. right the ones that come in and you know the i say the because i said so mm -hmm. right? and whereas younger people that's maybe a little more foreign you know right. used to a little bit more collaborative environments and then mm -hmm. and so just sort of working to um some might say to to try to bridge that gap is um i don't really necessarily buy into the old school new school you know we hear that a lot like yeah the old school new school um what i say is there's things we've gotten away with in the past right so when unemployment's double digits people need jobs it's a little different right we haven't had that for the last few years right. it's definitely an employee market in terms of their services and mm -hmm. so we do things different because of that i think good leadership's always been good leadership right you know, throughout time and so i try to bring no matter what the generation mm -hmm. i try to bring the training back to what's what's just the right thing we should do yeah that's a good point so this next question is probably a hard one to answer because there's probably so many things but what is really your favorite part about training for coaching others sure uh no, I, the people, um, I would love to say, so I've been in a lot of different industries. It's when you read my bio, it yes. made, wow, <laughs> insane. Who would ever have a career like that? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of it is, so looking back, I'm not a, you know, the widget, is that still a term? Like the widget? Yeah. About, right. I'm not a widget. I, I yeah. can get excited about anything. Like I, I, an economics professor gave us this, you know, thing it's how a pencil's made and he had a particular reason why he had us read that but it's like two pages it's it's amazing i mean there's 17 different products and all this i can get excited about anything i've always considered myself on the people side mm -hmm. on the relational side and so obviously that's why i moved into management mm -hmm. you know business ownership and that um but not because i'm I can get passionate about any product. For me, the thing that's constant is people. And so with training, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, I get as much, sometimes more from them than than vice versa. Oh, yeah. um, I, I love that it's different. Every mm -hmm. day I have different people in the classroom. I go out and do on-sites at companies and get to meet people and just, you know, and so many similarities at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. Conflict, all these things, miscommunication, all that. Mm -hmm. But just the people element is so different. So I, I, oh, yeah. I love that part of it. And kind of going off of this question, do you have any fun stories you can share, like success stories from um, people you've helped or coached or trained? My favorite thing to have is when people contact me, like LinkedIn or through email. Yeah. And they're like, hey, and not even like hey it was a great class but i have this problem can you help me you know huh. i'm just interested what you think and that i i might mm -hmm. that stuff up i love it um and but probably the one that to this day the class i taught that had the most universal 
is not what you would necessarily think because you'd think conflict management or coaching, you know, this kind of stuff. So I had a company I did training for and their HR manager actually was in a class we teach here, uh, mm-hmm. it's a half day class called business email. Okay. And he was in there and he comes up to me at the end of class. He goes, we have to do this in our company because we got lots of issues, right? Yeah. And all I always say is you get offenders, just people who do like just stuff, like the reply to all, yeah. right? For yep. everything or so um, see everybody in the company. Mm-hmm. And he says, we got a lot. So he says, you know, can you come out? And he said, but here's the challenge. We have 75 people I want to put through this training mm-hmm. and our room fits 25 and I don't have the budget to do three half days. Right. Can you do a one hour version? And I was like, well, that's, that's a lift. Yeah. That's a little bit. But I said, all right, let me see. I'll work it out. And it's a little more presentation, but there's still some interaction stuff. But I'm like, okay, let's hit the highlights and kind of, and we went through. I got done with that class and I'm not kidding. There was for six months after, now this company also sends some of their other managers through other training. I heard more positive feedback about a business email class. Yeah. Mike, it's changed the culture. Wow. People aren't doing the stuff that drives me crazy yeah. anymore, right? It's all these things. And I thought, well, it's communication, right? I mean, even though we call it business email, it's really like communication mm-hmm. issue. And so I would say, like, I get a lot of great feedback, but that class in this day just stands out as the one. Yeah. They're like, you changed our company culture. <laughs> well, that's going to be a great feeling, though. I'd be like, it, yeah. It was, it was. It's just of all the classes, right? right? Just business email. That's kind of. One-hour presentation. And right. There you go, so. Yeah. Well, it has a great effect on people, so. So how do you really keep people engaged then in your trainings? How do you keep them interested like you said, some of them are half days, some of them are full days. How do you keep people energetic to learn throughout the day? Um, well, one thing, and you can probably if you talk to any of the, the instructors around here, we would all say the same thing. We're tired at the end of the day. So you have to bring your energy. Yeah. That's a big part. And one of the things for me, and this is just something I bring from management, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily the, you know, high you know, bouncing off the walls, and I'm not Eeyore either. Right. Like, I, I, I try to be pretty consistent. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is uh, I'm having conversations with people. Mm-hmm. So probably the biggest thing I would say in in the sessions I do is we're just, we're, we're working through material. Right. But I tell the classes, you know, um, I want all the questions. Right? Mm-hmm. I, don't want to talk, I don't want anybody leaving here with something that didn't get asked. And I, I tell them, trust me, I'm good enough. I'll get us back on track. Yeah. And if we get Don't worry. Track, we'll, we'll get there, right? But the, the biggest thing is, you know, it's interactive. So we are, I'm asking questions, looking for those mm-hmm. interaction, those answers. Um, we do a lot of, obviously, with adult learning, we do activities. Right. So I just taught a class this week on conflict management. I literally hand them scenarios and mm-hmm. sit down in groups and they role play out. Mm-hmm. and conflict mm-hmm. and so we do a lot of things to keep it interactive and then we debrief those things but i think the big thing is just you know don't to me it's not a stage mm-hmm. or it's not an event it's just it's training it's coaching it's no different than i would do one-on-one with somebody right it's just with a room of people yeah so. i like the point that you brought up on the participants have to bring their energy too like it's a two-way thing you know like if you want to attend a training, 
you got to be ready for it and do your homework and prepare for it and if you want to get a good outcome from it. So that's a good point. Well, and they're, they're managing people. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to sit down and coach one of your employees just, hey, come on in here. Let's just have yeah. a random conversation, like have a plan. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I have a plan when I walk in the class, but at the same time, my plan includes a lot of flexibility because every class is different. And I think people can tell when you have that. People can tell the difference between can training, and yeah. I think that's really MRAs. This is what we do. Our yep. instructor staff is unbelievable. We, we, we might teach the same material, but I don't know that we ever teach it exactly the same way because every class is different. Mm-hmm. So. Well, as we close out our episode for today, the title of this episode is Spring Training, It's Time to Win. So, how would you say that you train to win? That is an interesting question. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, I've never had winning as a goal. I actually, it's a terrible goal. Winning is a result. Training to win managing to win whatever you you know our participants anybody in it what i tell them is do the things that lead to winning in football there are situations where um at the end of the game mm-hmm. we lost a game and i will tell the team you played a tremendous game and there are other games where we won by 38 points and i'm not happy mm-hmm. because we should have won by 50 because just level and the talent there i don't ever gauge it on anything but my people Mm -hmm. right so because i know if i'm a good manager if i'm a good coach i know what the levels and abilities of my people are so the sometimes the scoreboard is your worst enemy Mm -hmm. when it comes to coaching or teaching because you look up and you're like hey we won the game it's great and it's like but does that mean you actually did your best Mm -hmm. right there's some situations where in football you'll you're just more talented right Right. there's some cases where i've coached employees that are so easy to coach Mm -hmm. you know i've coached those rock stars where it's literally i I could be a semi-terrible manager and they're still gonna have success and then i've had people that took every ounce of every technique and everything Mm -hmm. that i knew so for me if you want to win if you want to have success figure out what things you need to do every day that lead to that and then what happens happens and yeah do i believe in kpis and measurements yeah as in manufacturing (laughs) clearly we have to have those um but those measurements should be based off of the things you're doing on a regular basis not just that thing at the end of the year or the month so it's just you know coach your folks you know uh lead by example do those things all day, every day mm-hmm. that lead to success. And the scoreboard is what the scoreboard is. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's some great advice to end with. So thank you for that. And thank you for being on 30 Minute Thrive today and really sharing your knowledge, your background, your expertise on co- coaching and training. So if you liked our chat today, make sure to share this episode, leave a comment, review, or rating, and consider joining MRA if you aren't a member already. We have all the resources you need in the show notes below, so take a look at those. And we've also included Mike's bio, email, and LinkedIn profile, so if you want to get in touch with him, I'm sure he'd be happy to connect. Um, Other than that, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week.
And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30-Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.